Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca. So I started at the beginning of this year speaking to you about thriving. I remember you've seen this picture a couple of times about thriving, even in desert places. And so I wanted to just check in today and see how you're doing. How are you feeling? Do you feel like you're thriving? This is family and my heart. Have I told you that I love you? (laughs) Because I do. I really love each and every one of you. And it's my heart for us that we thrive. It's the heart of the Father that we thrive. And so how is it going? Are you thriving or you've blinked twice and it's March nearly and the busyness of day-to-day life has just overrun you? Um... I've been amazed at the number of amazing preachers that we've had over the last number of weeks. I mean, last week, Anti, Sean before that, or was it Kirsty, Sean before that. I mean, we've just had incredible preachers that I've been feasting on. And I feel like if you take some time out to meditate on those preachers, that it will really set you up to really chew on that, that it will set you up to thrive. You know, Kirsty. Uh, spoke about us contending for God promises. And we need to do that, don't we? Often they don't just happen. We actually need to contend for them. Um, and he spoke about persevering uh, in those promises. Do you remember she spoke about putting one foot in front of the other? She put that slide up last week. Can you guys see from there? Um, putting one foot in front of the other, and then you look back one day and you've climbed a mountain, Right? Remember that? And then she spoke about that, that uh, evil Parkview hill that just keeps going like this, that she can't get to the top of, that she just has to walk because it's just so brutal. Uh, and the very next day, and I share this picture with the permission of the runner. <laughs> this is Auntie's WhatsApp to us. She says, I did it, guys. The whole dang hill. What the heck? There's breakthrough coming for us all. <laughs> and she did it again this She did it again this morning without stopping. And it's one of those things when we contend for promises, suddenly we wake up one day, the very next day after her preach, and you've got the breakthrough, right? Um, And then Sean spoke to us a while ago about living an undivided life with Christ, bringing the good, the bad, and the ugly to Jesus so that he can empower and speak into every part of our lives, our whole lives. No divisions, all of us before Jesus not just our Sunday best. And that's a lot of paraphrasing that went in there. I hope it didn't destroy it, Sean. But um, as I was thinking about all of these amazing preachers, I was actually thinking about it the next day, Monday this last week, as I was re-listening to Auntie's preach. And I was like, oh my word, there are so, there's such richness here that you, she just like goes, went over and some of it got completely lost on me. There's all these layers And I thought if I didn't actually take the time to work through some of those things, that's why a a recording after thing is so helpful. You can pause sometimes, you know. You can't pause now while I'm talking. Um, But there's a lot that will, will get missed. And so who do you think is the most blessed person when there's a preach? The preacher, right? Why? Exactly. They've taken hours and hours to mull over things in, our, in their hearts, like what Auntie mulled over last week, 
um, and chewed on it becomes your revelation, and that's what you get to share. And so, by a long shot, Auntie was the most blessed when she spoke, but I was thinking about that for her. So the Lord gave her a word at the beginning of the year, perseverance. Okay, She had two months to work through that word for it to become real. And the running thing is part of it and, and, and many other things that she was developing this revelation of perseverance. Um, but then I asked her to preach and now she had to like formalize her thoughts and condense them and distill them. And I would propose to you that all of the victories that she had had in the last two months prior to that were distilled and made that much real. Um, as she took the time to, yeah, just mull and digest that, that um, her understanding on perseverance. And so the point is, unless we, until we stop and feast for ourselves, what Jesus is saying to us, to us at least, it remains almost like a wonderful taste tester, but not an actual meal. Does that make sense? I think if any of you know me, which you all do by now, for a little while, you know that I love cooking. And um, it's one of my, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. And I think one of the things that I especially love to cook is a slow cook thing. So I smoke maybe like a pork shoulder. Um, and it's, there's a whole process to it, right? There's a whole planning and preparation. I go the day before and I buy all the different spices and then I make the rub and I put it on the night before, and I allow that to like seep in overnight for 12 hours. I then wake up the next morning, and I make a lovely pour-over black coffee before anyone else is awake, except Jude. He's an early riser. And so I make a lovely coffee, and then I go and light the smoker, and it's just this early morning, beautiful, peaceful thing. And there's this whole process, and then it goes through the day of needing to make sure that the, um, the temperature of the smoker is right, and, 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 okay? But now, that all culminates in a, uh, a finished product, okay, that's a raw product, but being put on a carving board, and the most exciting thing is like, the kids want a taster, right? They want to get a taste of that first edge of the crispy, smoky deliciousness, okay? And they, would, they want to taste it just to see how excited they're going to be for the rest of the meal, right? But can you imagine it ended there? And I said, okay, Jude, there's your taster. Um, go brush your teeth, it's time for bed. <laughs> we would have a right on our hands, right? No, the taster is just the sneak preview to the meal, right? How excited they're going to be about these, the actual meal. And so I feel like these preachers that we've had the last number of weeks are these wonderful taste tester moments to get us actually excited to go home and prepare and feast on our own meals. You know, I, I think for me, I, I think I'm the one that enjoys the whole process of the 24-hour smoking thing because I've gone through a culmination of all these very special moments from looking at ingredients and Googling and, and, and to actually having the final product. So the others come and eat, and I look at it with this whole rounded 
It's an experience. It's not just like, oh, yeah, nice, you know. I can look for all the ingredients that I've put in there in terms of flavoring because I've digested. It's been made real to me. It's my thing. And I think people often look at me very strangely when I talk about a cooking experience, especially if you're not a cook, because it's like you just can't identify. It's like, what are you talking about, you know? And I think it can be the same thing when you preach, you know. You're sharing some things that are very dear to your heart, and people are speaking with passion. And because the person hearing hasn't digested that, there's like only elements that actually um, touch us. And so the very last thing I'm doing is proposing that we become preachers, all of us. (laughs) What I'm proposing is that we all become feasters, that we take generous time to chew on what the Lord has for us and that we would digest the healthiness and absorb and allow all the nutrients of that meal that he's prepared to us to work its way all the way through our, through our um, systems and our lives. And so if I had to give this preacher title today, it would be food, sorry, sustainability, because I want to sustain thriving, but sustainability, food, glorious food. So there's a couple of Oliver Twist quotes going around at the moment. If you listen to the budget speech, can I have some more, sir? Yet we don't come as beggars today, do we? Um, And so, for me, if we're going to sustain a thriving life, we have to learn how to prepare our own meals um, and to feast for ourselves and to learn how to actually encourage ourselves in the Lord, to slow down, sit at the table with Jesus. I mean, can you imagine being one of the 12, sitting at the table with Jesus? And we know they did that often. I mean, Mark 14, 18. Over dinner, while they were reclining around the table, Jesus said... And then he taught. Jesus often taught around the table. There's many, many verses around Jesus teaching around the table. And I think food is the most amazing thing, isn't it? No one? Amen. You know, it's a God-ordained thing. It wasn't just designed for our survival. It was actually designed for for our enjoyment. And I don't think just our enjoyment in terms of God's design, just to enjoy the aromas and flavors. It was designed to draw us together, to get us to connect each other daily. Why? Because we have to eat a few times a day. So I think God in his genius designed us like this so that he would get us together for fellowship daily, right? Man, in his genius, designed fast food, drive throughs and microwave TV dinners. Okay? So, and, you know, there's sometimes that's how we can treat our spiritual diet. Okay, let's just get a quick podcast. And then we think we're full. Now, I've got nothing against podcasts. In actual fact, please subscribe to The Collective's podcast. <laughs> I promote them. But there's a huge difference between a slow-cooked meal enjoyed in fellowship and gulping down a quick bite without hardly noticing the taste, right? Because our mind is so busy with other things. So, we have to eat food or we die, right? We get that. We understand physically feeding our bodies. If we don't feed our bodies, we get grumpy. Hopefully, we're not at that hour of the day right now. But 
I don't remember a single day in my life when I went to bed without eating. Even in my unhealthy, unsustainable, hard-working days where I would like just forget about food and I'd just work the whole day and I'd get home and Kirsty say, what did you eat? Oh, no, I didn't eat anything today. You know, even in those days, even in those evenings, I never went to bed without eating. It's there. I knew that I need to eat. Where as soon as I stopped for a second. And so we get eating and its importance. But there have been many days in my life that I have not feasted on Jesus, right? Or, sp- or ate the kind of food that Jesus was speaking about. Matthew 4 verse 4, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. In John 4:32, but Jesus told him, don't worry about me, I have eaten a meal you don't know about. And I love the footnote on that, that's from the Passion. There is a fascinating wordplay here in the Aramaic. The word Jesus uses isn't, that, isn't the common word for food, but is actually a word that means nutrients. It is also a homonym that is more commonly translated kingdom. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus has a kingdom feast that nobody else knows about. I think there are nutrients, spiritual nutrients that we need to thrive that cannot come from food. So I'm getting you hungry today. (laughs) So why have I gone to bed without feasting on Jesus? I've always known it's important, right? It's important to spend time with Jesus. Um, But I think more and more I'm realizing that I cannot live on bread alone. You know, if if I don't eat in the morning, by mid-morning I start to get grumpy, right? Probably like some of you. Now, if I don't spend time with Jesus, I'm starting to realize and pick up on the signs and realize the effect that it has on me as a whole person. And so I simply cannot live anymore without feasting on him daily. Even Jesus knew that he couldn't survive without living from every word that comes from the Father's mouth. Yet somehow we think think this is an optional extra for our day or our week. Like, it's a bonus almost, like, oh, bonus time. I got to spend time with Jesus today or during the week. And so if Jesus couldn't do this, I don't think we should fool ourselves to think that we can either live without that. And so it's easy to know when you need food, right? There's red flags. It's your hunger, you feel it, and so you eat. But have you learned how to discern what your spiritual red flags are? Because we can be just busy, 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 that we don't pay attention to what our souls and our spirits are hungering and thirsting for. So we get, um, we get sad in our hearts, and our hearts cry out to be satisfied, and we try and find satisfaction in all kinds of things, and often in food. Do you get what I'm saying? We get physically hungry, we eat a burger. We get spiritually hungry or sad, we go and eat a burger. <laughs> right? As comfort. Instead of turning to Jesus. And I think it's not something that we even do consciously. It's just something that happens because we're not paying attention to what our spirit is actually requiring. Matthew 5 verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness 
for they shall be satisfied. The Passion puts that same scripture this way. How enriched you are when you crave righteousness, for you will be surrounded with fruitfulness. Can we be known as the hungry ones? The ones that crave Jesus' presence? Because you know what comes with that? What that verse says there, fruitfulness. So I think we're obviously all in a different place on this journey. It's not like we're paying no attention to our spirits, right? But it's this process of growing in dependency with the Father, growing in dependency with Jesus, um, where we get to a point where the meal every on Sunday isn't enough. And then the meal every few days isn't enough. And then the daily meal isn't enough. And then we get to a place where we end up realizing that we're continually communing with the Father. It's one of those things that you can never have too much of in developing that hunger, isn't it? Just a um, a hunger for there's no excess in hungering after Jesus and time with the Holy Spirit. And so we are supernatural beings. And I think that's sometimes something we have to get reminded of. We are supernatural beings and we need to learn how to put first things first. Uh, C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, put first things first and second things are thrown in. Put second things first, and you lose both first and second things. Big, hey? Jesus puts it like this. I prefer him to C.S. Lewis. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And he's talking there about food, water, clothing. And I think the kingdom can be expanded and I think I'd like to talk in this quite a bit more this year, into every single aspect of our lives. And so I think we are learning to prioritize our spiritual needs needs over our physical needs. It's this process of developing. You see, when we put first things first, we get second things thrown in, C.S. Lewis says. Not just thrown in, but I think, and he talks about this, uh, C.S. Lewis, that things even taste better, right? When you put first things first. All things are better in Jesus. Food tastes better when you've put him first. When you put him first, marriage is better and everything associated with marriage is better, right? Eh? Why are you laughing? eh? That's not what I meant. Um, So I want to say spend time with Jesus because it's a delight for you, right? Not because you have to. Jeremiah 15 verse 16 says, Your words were found and I ate them, and your words became a joy and the delight of my heart. The message puts it this way. When your words showed up, I ate them, swallowed them whole. What a feast. Jesus puts it like that. Man shall not live by bread alone. But every word that comes from the the mouth of of God. Again, the Passion Translation talks about that there. It says, um, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from the mouth of God. Right? And so we need to place ourselves in a position where we are hearing the constant word of the Lord to us. And we feast on that through things like prayer. Through, through scripture, through, through journaling the Lord's voice you know, to us, actually hearing and writing down um, his voice to us. 
Because busyness, not yet, busyness can often rob us of the most important moments when we get busy, busy, busy. We lose perspective. And that's why we need to come back to our Father and hear His perspective for our lives and what He has to say. And I thought, let me give you one of my feasts for the week just to be practical. Um, I journal and I've, I've grayed this out a little bit on top so I'm not too transparent. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you the, what it says at the bottom here. Because I journal and then the Lord tells, speaks to me and then we journal what he's saying. And that's my personal feast. When you need to go back and encourage you, what did the Father say to me? Not something that I just read somewhere, but it's become real to me, right? So I'll read two of these to you just to give you a little bit of my story. Um, Robert Ernest, my son, focus your eyes on me, not the breakthrough. The breakthrough is not meant to be the delight of your affection. Your energy poured into that. Pour in your... Um, Pour in your love and affection and thoughts to me. All things find their proper place in me. I really do love you, my son. Let that sink in and wash over you. And I can do that. I can spend ages just allowing and letting that wash over me, right? Do you want to do the next one, babe? Robert Ernest, my son. And this is in response to an honest prayer that I've, I've asked the Lord something and then he speaks, right? Robert Ernest, my son, yeehaw! <laughs> if only you could see what I have in store for you, but take courage and find peace in knowing that I am a good father and that, that I have these things, these plans for you. You are not wandering in the wilderness alone. You are on an adventure like a treasure hunt. Go discover today what I have laid out before you. I will light up your every step for you, you take, sorry, and show you the way. From glory to glory is your inheritance. Now live in your inheritance. Right, so that's a process of allowing the Father to speak life directly into us. And I think Jesus models this perfectly, how he fed himself. Right, he had relationship and intimacy with his father. He had conversations with his father. And I use conversations there to highlight that intimacy and the nature how we pray to God. But I also think we need to recover the awe and wonder of what that moment is when you're actually communing with your father. And so just very quickly, how did Jesus pray? What was his lifestyle, what it looked like? One thing we realize, it was often... Um, he chose alone places, and he chose places in the midst of the busyness, right? And I'll go through a scripture now to explain these. Um, he prayed in the morning, he prayed in the evening, he prayed all the way through the night, right? So there's no rules. He prayed when it was, he was succeeding, his busiest times, when the most demand was on him. It says he often slipped away. And so... A scripture, Luke 5, verse 15. How did he deal with the success and the demands that came after this? After he had just healed many from the illnesses. It says in verse 16, But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray, into a private place. 
He prayed in the morning. It says the next morning, Jesus got up long before daylight. This is Mark 1.35. Left the house while it was still dark and made his way to a secluded place to give himself to, pray, to prayer. Matthew 14.23. As night fell, in the evening he prayed. He was there alone praying to God. Um, when there was an important decision to make, when he was choosing the 12 disciples, it says he went and prayed for the entire night, right? That's also modeling something to us. When we've got very important decisions to make, Jesus needed to pray through the whole night. He felt the need for it as opposed to like, Father, you know what I've asked before I prayed? So just give it to me, you know? Please, Lord, let it be done. Get on with the rest of my day. Um, And then he prayed amongst people right we see that in the garden of gethsemane in in luke 22 it says jesus left the upper room with his disciples and as was his habit it should be a habit for us went to the mount of olives his secret place of prayer there he told the apostles keep praying for strength to be spared for the severe test of your faith that is about to come then he withdrew from them a short distance other translations say a a stone's throw where michelle is right to be alone. <laughs> so right in amongst the people, he knew how to be alone. Kneeling down, he prayed, it says. And so we see him praying morning, night, secluded place, private place. It was a habit. Um, he did it often. And he knew he couldn't exist without that. And so I think my encouragement today is that the busier life gets, the more important it is to slip away and take time out with Jesus. Not the other way around. When I quit my corporate job, then I'm going to have time to spend time with the Lord, you know? All these one-day wins. No, the busier things get, we cannot afford. Otherwise, we, we get stripped of our uh, energy and our strength in the very, very time that we actually need it. So I wanted to just finish with saying, let's start putting first things first and seeing every other aspect of our life start to fall into place as opposed to trying to get everything right and then saying we'll come to the Lord. You know, I've, a lot of times that happens. Like, just there's a crazy season that I need to fix and sort out and then I'll be there with you, Lord. But that's the very time that we actually need Him. And... I had two, two things that I, want, I wanted to say. If you want to walk away, if I remember two things, it would be these two things. One, you need the food of feasting on Jesus more than you realize. Don't ever go to bed hungry. <laughs> and two, prepare and feast on your own meals. And let us be people who often sneak away to be with Jesus. Thank you for listening. That's good. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca today.